turn this on. Is it, it is on. Oh my gosh. Okay. I didn't do I didn't do that. Dave, did you turn that on? Okay. I guess it was me. I'm getting old. I forget that stuff. Well, good morning, everybody. Everybody. Uh, I trust everyone had a good Christmas. I think that everybody got all the gifts that they wanted and and everything like that, except one young lady wanted to get a special gift and she didn't get it. And her parents are are mean that way, and he didn't get her a horse. I won't say who they were, but you know, some young lady just you know. Oh well. Well, today is Pastor Ryan's last day with us, and we hate to see him go, but. Uh, we are going to have a little luncheon right after after uh, worship in the fellowship hall downstairs. Uh, we're going to be spread out, so not everybody's going to be gathered together. And uh, we hope that you will join us. If you didn't sign up, we do have, uh, according to Tina, we do have a few extra meals. So you may join. And uh, like we said last week, uh, no offering is being taken for that luncheon. So uh, please join us. And uh, I don't think we have any other announcements to make. We do have the last and final Advent reading, and that's uh, based on Matthew 2. So who is doing the reading? Advent reading, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. <clears throat> and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. Wise men, what they saw and what they said. This Sunday is the first Sunday after Christmas most churches do not usually consider the Sunday after Christmas as part of Advent. But once again, just as we did last year, we are adding it to our Advent devotionals 
because it is truly part of the holiday season. Our celebration of the birth of Jesus should continue right on into the coming new year. Neither should we take down all the decorations the day after Christmas. Let us savor the season. Let's enjoy the afterglow. Let the joy of Christmas continue in our hearts long after Christmas is over. The story of the wise men, uh, the NIV translation calls them magi, happened in unspecif unspecified period of time after Jesus was born. Maybe six months, maybe even a year or two. In this scripture text, two things seem to indicate some passage of time. The wise men find a child, a different Greek word from the word for baby, and the wise men come into a house not as stable. In any event, Matthew highlights this wonderful story in his gospel as key to understanding the first advent of our Savior. Well, what did the wise men see and what did they say? The witness of these foreign Gentiles from the East is very important. And Matthew holds this story forth as an example of non-Jews who recognize this child as the king. First, the wise men see that Jerusalem and the provincial king Herod were not particularly looking for or expecting the Messiah. The wise men forthrightly say, where is the one who has been king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Herod is disturbed, but not only is Herod disturbed, all Jerusalem is disturbed. Perhaps they were all upset that their lives might be interrupted by the advent of the Messiah. Certainly theirs was not one of eager expectation. However, in Jerusalem, the wise men were pointed in the right direction by the scriptures. The scriptures pointed to Bethlehem. As they headed for Bethlehem, what did the wise men see? The star reappeared. It says when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Then when the wise men finally found the right location and they entered the house, what did they see? It says they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. So the witness of the wise men is this. This child was born king of the Jews. This child is not only worthy of our worship and of the time and effort to seek him out, he is also worthy of all worthy of all that our hearts can give him. Let's pray as we begin our service. Father God, we thank you for the blessing of our church family as we're gathered here. We do pray for those who are apart from us. We ask that you'd bless them. But Lord, we pray that you would give us hearts like the wise men, that we would be willing to seek for you, that we would be willing to travel for you, Lord, that we would do difficult things to honor you. Father, help us to turn our hearts towards you and away from the things of the world, to be like the wise men who listened, followed, and found. Let us find you in this new year. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you join us in singing hymn number 166, We Three Kings, number 166. Get my mask reconstructed here. Christine, do you have any updates? You do. Okay, let me get on over there.
Yes, uh, update with Lisa Nye. She is in her, she had her fourth te 14th radiation treatment. She needs 30 altogether. That's a very lot of treatments. Uh, doing okay, but very tired. Uh, Kevin Zorin is in remission. He will need maintenance chemo every two weeks the rest of his life, starting in January. But Kevin, oh my, what a man of faith. And all of that his body has gone through with this cancer, I, I know I could share that part because I have talked to him personally, not just lately, but I have. And, and we know what it feels with cancer and what, what happens. And you can't explain it to other people. But Kevin, oh, what a, what a person. What a man, what a person of faith. And thank the Lord for people like him. Uh, Joshua Heisey, we just found out he had accepted Christ as his Savior when he was six years old and was baptized. Uh, the funeral is tomorrow for him. That's the young boy, the 12-year-old, that was, died. Londa Brandt will receive her fourth chemo treatment on Tuesday. Then she will have two more to go. She is allergic to the first medication. They have to stop it and medicate her to continue, praying she will have a good treatment. And that can be very difficult, too. You know how that is with the treatment. But Elwood Fawn Miller received two more units of blood. He is weak. And now they're going to schedule the colonoscopy to be done Tuesday, possibly. Hopefully, he, hopefully and prayerfully he can have that done. That had been canceled from what we had on our prayer guide before. And his heart is beating regularly, which is a praise, because he has the AFib. And then I would like to add, uh, just keep praying for our Davey. He's having some pain, not feeling so good today, which he has shared with me. And I said, we're going to pray for you today, Davey. Because he said, I hope this isn't coming back, you know, with his kidney problem and whatnot. And his uncle Jay Koble. Uh, Jay has Alzheimer and he's having very serious complications right now. So I want to call Dave, uh, Davey's dad, uh, today sometime and see just what, what all's happening there because they hadn't talked to him right now either. Things are so difficult, even contacting people. So I just want to dad on that, but keep, your, keep them in your prayers. Okay. He lives out in Iowa. Iowa. else? Anyone else? Karen? You going to tell us about those cute little granddaughters? Yeah. Well, no, they did have a good Christmas, though. Oh, good. We're hoping it's not the last one with us, but <laughs> um, a friend of mine, uh, when I worked at the daycare in Middletown, her two little girls um, came there. Her name is Lisa Schaefer. Um, she has COVID. She was at home dealing with it, but before Christmas ended up in the hospital. Um, at one point yesterday, her husband posted, it looked like she was improving, and then probably within an hour, he posted on Facebook that they were moving her to ICU because um, it's, she's having a really hard time with her breathing. So keep her in your prayers, please. Her little girl spent Christmas at home and not be able to see mommy, so... I don't know who it was worse on, the kids or mommy, but keep her in your prayers, please. Yeah, absolutely. That's tough when little kids are separated from parents, but even tougher during a celebration of Christmas, celebration especially. Anyone else want to share? 
Sharon. I know we're standing here and shortly be celebrating the new year. I don't know about you, but I'm not much for resolutions. I find they are usually empty. But I also think it's also a time where we can stop and meditate on this past year and, and um, think about what we want to make a discipline in the new year. A couple weeks ago, we sang this portion of Christina Rossetti's poem. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him, give him my heart. So I would encourage you this year that you would dedicate yourself to continued prayer for those around you, for our country. You know, in 1 Timothy it says we're supposed to pray for every man, and especially for our king. We don't have a king anymore, but we do have all um, leaders in our government. And I would also encourage you, if you have not been reading your Bible regularly, now's a good time to take that up in that whatever way you want to do it. I, I stuck out my reading, some reading programs back there. You're allowed to take as many as you want. Just take pull one sheet out of the paper clips. But you can read on your cell phone. You can read on your tablet. You can read in a Bible. You can listen to it. But I encourage you to be in you know, regular reading the word. If you love that daily bread, read the whole passage, not just the little verse they put in there. So I would just encourage you to take this time to reflect on what you need to do to continue your relationship with the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And there is there is even a, a reading God in the uh, daily bread, too. But yeah, I think so. Yeah. Good morning. Um, Number one thing to pray for is, is the man, to pray for him as he uh, takes on a new charge at, uh, at East Fairview Church of the Brethren and that ministry uh, full-time. Um, I know what that feels like, transitioning. And uh, he knows he needs God's help, so let's pray for him in that. Um, Second thing to praise the Lord uh, for uh, this past Thursday evening and all the people that participated and um, it was a joy to my heart just to be here for Christmas Eve. Um, people, you know, sometimes you don't realize the joy it can be even to the minister and to see, to see a bunch of faces uh, that are beyond regular attenders, uh, that was a joy. Um, the last thing, this and this is not a this is not a no criticism, zero criticism in this. I, I am pointing to some in the congregation that are very, very frustrated right now regarding the roof. And we've had multiple leaks over Christmas Eve multiple leaks uh, in, in, a, in a brand new roof. And that has got to be frustrating. Let's, as a congregation, let's pray our way through this. God, help us with this roof. Yeah, absolutely. And he will. He will. He will. I believe that. Sure. Christine, we're back. <laughs> yes, I just... Adding to what Pastor Sandy just said, I just wanted to say 
uh, of Christmas Eve, how wonderful it was and how meaningful in the worship and the song. They, we had a skit, we had a children's story, everyone was sharing. There was such a spirit here. We had Holy Communion, took part of the blood and the, the bread, and it, it was wonderful. Yeah. And both pastors shared and their messages. It was a wonderful evening. We were very blessed, and the Lord was present so much. Paul and I left here, and we both said, what a wonderful evening. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. It was and thank the Lord for that. I have a confession to make. Wednesday, I was so busy at work, and I was so frustrated with this, not being able to see, in and out of the freezer, in and out of the refrigerator, glasses steamed up. Take them off, wipe them, put them on, and they immediately steam up again. And I hate to say it, but stupid questions from the customers. <laughs> but anyhow, I said to Linda when I got home, I just don't feel like going to Christmas Eve service. I am, I'm tired of it. I'm just going to go hide in a corner someplace. Well, I got to thinking on Thursday, who's telling me I shouldn't go to Christmas Eve service, you know? Who is telling me to stay home and don't go celebrate? So I said, you're going to go. And Christine is right. We had a wonderful time. And I was blessed, and it was it was great. So if you missed it, Elaine did a good good part in reading, and uh, we we had a, a good celebration, and it was very meaningful. And uh, Pastor Sandy said about praying for Pastor Ryan as he takes on a new church, uh, not so much pray for him, but pray for the congregation that they can put up with him, that you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding I'm just kidding but we will pray for you because we want you to be fulfilling what God wants you to do so so we're, we're we've been blessed to have you here but in my heart and I think everybody else knew that God had bigger and better plans for you and this it's exciting to see you move on and and take on a full-time position, and we wish you the best, and we will pray for you. So with that, let's, let's pray concerning what has been spoken of here today. Heavenly Father, this congregation really, really, really is concerned about individuals. And as Christine pointed out, so many people are undergoing treatment for cancer and and various, various other diseases. Lord, help them. Place your hand upon them. You're the God of healing, and we call upon you to heal in whatever way that you see fit. Of course, you know how we feel. We want everybody to be healed of everything, but possibly that's not your plan, and we have to accept that. This COVID disease is, is another thing that we pray about, Lord. Individuals have come down with this disease, and uh, we pray that you will give them strength. Those that are in the hospital need prayer, need your healing touch also. 
And when families are separated, especially at the time when we celebrate the birth of your son, Father God, it's tough. It's tough. So please heal the parents, reunite them with their families. Families are so important, Lord. And we want them to be happy and in your your loving arms. Thank you, Lord. Lord, bless those of throughout the world who are celebrating and, and rejoicing at the birth of Jesus Christ. We think especially of those who are oppressed in Nigeria and Brazil and Spain and, and Korea, China. Lord, they need your help also. I pray for increased faith for those individuals. And Lord, not only for them, but here in the United States, we pray that you will touch people's hearts, open their eyes. Those that have ears, let them hear. Lord, those who have eyes, let them see. Lord, this is a struggle here within our country. And not only our country, but throughout the entire world. It just seems that evil is great. And we need you more than ever. Lord, you are the Lord of blessings, the God of healing, the God of good things. And we celebrate that. We also call upon you, Lord, to touch and heal. Give us faith. Give us strength. Direct us. Have the Holy Spirit lead us. Thank you, Lord. And we pray for our leaders also, Lord. Not only the leaders here in the United States, but leaders throughout the world. Give them wisdom. Let them know that you are the one that's really in charge. And Lord, direct them that they would do what is your will. Thank you, Lord. And finally, Lord, thank you for this congregation. Thank you that they are a loving congregation and a giving congregation. Bless your church and its followers. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. The infant who became our sacrifice on the cross so many years later. Lord, what a blessing that child had become and is to us even to this particular day. Thank you, Lord. And we pray that in his holy name. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Everyone had a nice Christmas? Good. Any exciting stories? Huh? No. No, we didn't have any either. It was pretty... Uh, actually, Evelyn's, I think she slept until 8 o'clock. So, yeah, that was, that was wonderful. Luke didn't, though. Luke was... He, he was up pretty early. So, but we told him he had to wait until Evelyn woke up. So, yeah, it was to teach him some patience, right? Yeah. Well, he kept running upstairs. Is baby awake yet? Is baby awake? <laughs> uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the sunshine. And um, boy, thank you, Lord, for a wonderful time spent with family, and brothers and sisters in Christ, surrounding uh, the celebration of your coming to this earth to be like us 
to die for our sins so that we might have a relationship with God the Father and to receive the gift of eternal life. Lord Jesus, so thank you. I ask that you would bless us this morning with your Holy Spirit, that we would um, be filled with your presence, your joy, your love, affection for one another, and that we would come together in fellowship. And so thank you again, Lord, and I ask that you go with us as we leave this place today, as we go out into the world, that you would continue to be with us. Help us to be a shining light of your love. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there, there are two, at least two senses of the meaning, uh, senses, you know, the, the meaning of a word and the word to bless someone. There are at least two senses. And, you know, we often think of that word to bless as receiving a gift, receiving something special. Uh, you know, we can bless someone by washing the dishes or uh, cleaning the toilets or doing the laundry. And Kale is not here. She might not hear. But I do those things at home. I do bless her by doing those things. Um, <laughs> yeah. And when we think of, well, how can we bless God with a, a material blessing? You know, how, how do we do that? And, and it seems like that's almost really impossible. You know, that there's really nothing we can give to the Lord. I always think that story of the wise men coming, blessing baby Jesus with gifts is interesting. Um, because Paul uses the word to bless in, in the book of Ephesians, and he says, blessed is God. And in that sense, what he's saying is that really all we can do is sing his praises, to speak well of him uh, to others. And so um, I can't bless all of you with material blessings. So today, uh, instead of um, preaching about the wise men, I want to bless each of you by speaking well of you and to thank you for the past two years. So I'm just going to start at the top of the list and I'm going to work my way down to the bottom. So Paul and Christine. Christine, thank you for being so gracious and kind to our family. When I think of someone who is filled with the joy of the Lord, I think of you. And Paul, thank you for your devotion and commitment to this congregation. I have appreciated your leadership, your wise words, and your faithfulness to the Lord's church. Virgil and Mary, I know they're not here this morning, but you can tell them that I have always enjoyed seeing their smiling and nodding faces each Sunday morning. Virgil, I have always appreciated his strong handshakes at the end of each service. And to Mary Jane, I want to say thank you for your prayers and love. We have been blessed by them. Pat, thank you for your witness of being faithfully committed to your mother. The Lord commands us to be faithful, to honor our parents. And when I think of how best to do this, I think of you and the example that you have provided this congregation. So thank you. Karen and Donna. Thank you for your commitment to bring so many prayer requests to this congregation of believers. We are called by God to pray for one another and to bear one another's burdens. And when I think of how best we can do this, I think of the both of you. 
And so thank you for being a great witness for how we should care and petition God on behalf of others. Mike and Linda, Linda, bless you for putting up with Mike. <laughs> Linda, I am thankful for your devotion to this congregation of believers. And I know that through your unspoken words, you have been lifting up the members of this congregation in prayer to God. And Mike, thank you for being such a great leader. Your devotion to teach and to lead each Sunday morning worship service is something that makes life a lot easier on Sandy and myself. And that work is not easy, I know. It takes commitment, coordination, a lot of preparation. And when I think of what it means to be faithfully committed to the Church of Christ, I think of you. Earl and, the, Earl and Loretta are not here this morning, I know, but I am thankful for both of them. I will remember Earl fondly standing in the back of the church building, always sharply dressed, handing out bulletins and greeting the saints as they come to worship. And he always had a smile on his face, and I will not forget that. Doc and Amy, your family is beautiful. And the love that you have for one another radiates from your faces. I have been blessed to know you and to see you singing together as a family around a piano is a picture of what it means to be devoted to one another in love. To live in harmony with one another and to make sweet melodies to the Lord. My family has been blessed by your family. Carl and Lucille, Thank you for your faithful witness of devotion in marriage and for your witness of humility. Carl, when I think of you, I think of the proverb that says, even a fool can appear wise if he keeps his mouth shut. Now, I'm not saying that you're a fool, but rather that when you speak, only wisdom and gracious words seem to come from your mouth. And thank you for making Luke's birthday special with his new favorite hat. Unfortunately, now he wants an Oliver tractor, but... I don't have the money to buy one. <laughs> Davey, how would we do it without you? You're here each Sunday morning preparing the soundboard, checking the microphones. The work that you have done is not unnoticed by me. It plays a vital role in the life of this congregation, so thank you for all that you do and for being faithfully committed to the Church of Christ. Ken and Marion, I am humbled by your devotion to Christ and commitment to this congregation. Marion, I have appreciated your prayers. And Ken, I wish that I had the opportunity to know you when you were younger. I have a feeling that you were quite the jokester. One time, several of, us, several of us went to visit Ivy and Mary at the home. And as we were listening to Ivy talk, she got on the subject of money and how her nieces had taken all of her money. I'm sure many of you know that story. And someone said, well, you know, Ivy, money isn't everything. And there was a period of silence, and I was thinking, oh, my goodness, what am I supposed to say? And Ken, who hadn't said anything the entire evening, said, yeah, but it sure makes things easier. 
it was the right comment at the right time because it lightened the mood. So thank you, Ken, John, and Claudia. When I think of you, I think of persons who want to see the kingdom of Christ come now. I'm thankful for your commitment to Christ and for helping me to understand more of God's word and for giving me confidence to preach what the Lord wants me to preach, to trust what he is saying through his Holy Spirit. So thank you. Brother Mel, is there a finer guy in this world? Mel, you are quite literally one of the finest men I have had the pleasure of knowing. And I have to ask you the question, are you ever upset? I'm thankful for your witness of what it means to have joy in the Lord. Joy is the word that I think of when I picture you, Mel. You have the joy of the Lord in your heart. And because of that, being around you makes others joyful. So thank you. Goldie, your name is true to your character, Golden. And you also live in Mannheim, so that's a good thing too. <laughs> Goldie, I have been blessed to know you and thank you for your prayers. And I will not forget your graciousness towards me and our family and for always being encouraging. You are a faithful witness for Christ, so thank you. Bill. Bill's not here this morning, but I wanted to thank him for his dedication to his mother and to this congregation. And I have appreciated his leadership and his quiet demeanor, and he reminds me of the proverb that says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise person quietly holds it back. I always thought that, Paul, or excuse me, that Bill was a witness of power under restraint, a mark of self-control. And I also wanted to thank him for beating me in golf, so you can tell him that I said that. <laughs> Joel and Nancy, Nancy, I hope you can hear me. Joel, you and Nancy are the definition of deacons. Above reproach, not arrogant or quick-tempered, not violent or greedy for gain, hospitable, lovers of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. You've been gracious to our family, and we thank you for that. Your love for one another, this church, and for Christ is palpable. And Joel, thank you for also kicking my butt in golf. <laughs> Stanley and Eleanor, thank you for sharing your home with me in the midst of tragedy. It was an honor and a privilege to be with you and your family as you grieved. And I am thankful for your commitment to this congregation and your commitment to your family. And it's a picture of how we are all called to live in this world, so thank you. Walter, I know you're not here with us this morning, but I know that you are doing just fine. I don't know if you're waiting in line for one of the organs in the presence of the Lord or if you are the reason others are waiting in line for one of the organs in the presence of the Lord. Walter, I was blessed by your commitment to faithfully serve this congregation and bless us with such wonderful music. And I look forward to hearing you play again someday with all the saints. Gary and Shirley, my family has been blessed from your garden. Your willingness to share what you have been blessed with is what we are called to do. So thank you for that example. 
And surely your biblical knowledge is still undefeated in this congregation, so thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that gift with this congregation. And Gary, you never rung me up on strikes, so I guess that's a good thing. I will remember you, Gary, as one who is filled with the joy of the Lord. You always seem to have a smile on your face, and it is very comforting to see each morning. David, you are a blessing to everyone in this congregation. Your commitment to God's word has been a great witness for me in my own life. And I especially appreciate your willingness to share the brokenness in your life with me and to receive the healing and transformative power that is in Christ Jesus and then to share with me what God has done for you. We need more men to do that, to share the brokenness in their lives with other men. It helps us. And I picture you driving over the highways with a truckload titled, The Good News of Salvation in Christ Jesus. Thank you for your witness and for your commitment to this congregation. Elaine, if there is anyone who I can count on to give me helpful comments on my sermons, it is you. I have been blessed by what you have shared with me each Sunday morning. And in more ways than you know, your comments have shaped my sermons. I am grateful for your commitment to this congregation each Sunday morning. Doug and Tina, you also have shaped my sermons each Sunday morning. The gospel message of Jesus Christ is that even though our earthly bodies will die, yet shall we live. This is the hope that we have for ourselves and for our family members. I know that this truth is firmly rooted in both of your hearts because it shines through your eyes on Sunday mornings. And Tina, thank you for blessing so many with your prayer shawls. And Doug, thank you for some of the best vanilla ice cream that I have ever had. I'm not a vanilla ice cream fan, but I did quite enjoy the ice cream that you made. Joyce, thank you. When I think of you, I think of Eunice and Lois, the women in the lives of Timothy that Paul spoke of. These women were filled with the Spirit of the Lord, praying for the saints day and night. And so I want to say thank you for your prayers and for bringing joy to this congregation. And last, but certainly not least, Sandy and Karen. Karen, thank you for serving my family by teaching Luke and Evelyn in Sunday school. And thank you also for your concern about the education of children. It is vitally important that we teach children to know the Lord. And when I think of this, I think of you and your love for Jesus to see that this happens. And Sandy, you have been a blessing to me. I have learned much from you. Mostly what not to do. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Sandy, you have taken me under your wings and shared your knowledge with me. And for that, I am forever grateful. You have faithfully delivered the word of the Lord to the next generation and in that way helped to perpetuate the church of Christ on this earth. It has been an honor and a privilege to be a partner in the gospel of Jesus Christ with you.
And it has been an honor and a privilege to be a partner in the gospel of Christ with all of you. So thank you very much. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, all glory goes to you, for you are the reason that we are here this morning. Strangers, we didn't know one another, but you bring us together to be brothers and sisters in Christ. In you, Lord, you have given us new life, new relationships, new families. And we praise you for that, for nothing on this earth can ever take those things away from us. We will be celebrating forever with you in your glorious and coming kingdom. And so I want to praise you this morning and bless you, Lord Jesus, and thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us. I ask for a special blessing over this congregation. This congregation has existed long before any of us became a part of it. And Lord, I know that you will sustain this congregation and that you will carry it forward. So we pray this this morning, Lord Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. I don't know what... Turn this on. Is it, it is on. Oh my gosh. Okay. I didn't do... I didn't do that. Dave, did you turn that on? Okay. I guess it was me. I'm getting old. I forget that stuff. Well, good morning, everybody. Everybody. Uh, I trust everyone had a good Christmas. I think that everybody got all the gifts that they wanted and, and everything like that, except one young lady wanted to get a special gift, and she didn't get it. And her parents are, are mean that way, and he didn't get her a horse. I won't say who they were, but, you know, some young lady just, you know, oh, well. Well, today is Pastor Ryan's last day with us. And we hate to see him go, but uh, we are going to have a little luncheon right after, after uh, worship in the fellowship hall downstairs. Uh, we're going to be spread out, so not everybody's going to be gathered together. And uh, we hope that you will join us. If you didn't sign up, we do have, uh, according to Tina, we do have a few extra meals, so you may join. And uh, like we said last week, uh, no offering is being taken for that luncheon. So uh, please join us. And uh, I don't think we have any other announcements to make. We do have the last and final Advent reading, and that's uh, based on Matthew 2. So who is doing the reading? Advent reading, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them 
the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. <clears throat> and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. men, what they saw and what they said. This Sunday is the first Sunday after Christmas. Most churches do not usually consider the Sunday after Christmas as part of Advent. But once again, just as we did last year, we are adding it to our Advent devotionals because it is truly part of the holiday season. Our celebration of the birth of Jesus should continue right on into the coming new year. Neither should we take down all the decorations the day after Christmas. Let us savor the season. Let's enjoy the afterglow. Let the joy of Christmas continue in our hearts long after Christmas is over. The story of the wise men, uh, the NIV translation calls the Magi, happened in unspecif unspecified period of time after Jesus was born. Maybe six months, maybe even a year or two. In this scripture text, two things seem to indicate some passage of time. The wise men find a child, a different Greek word from the word for baby, and the wise men come into a house not as stable. In any event, Matthew highlights this wonderful story in his gospel as key to understanding the first advent of our Savior. Well, what did the wise men see and what did they say? The witness of these foreign Gentiles from the East is very important. And Matthew holds this story forth as an example of non-Jews who recognize this child as the king. First, the wise men see that Jerusalem and the provincial king Herod were not particularly looking for or expecting the Messiah. The wise men forthrightly say, where is the one who has been king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Herod is disturbed, but not only is Herod disturbed, all Jerusalem is disturbed. Perhaps they were all upset that their lives might be interrupted by the advent of the Messiah. Certainly theirs was not one of eager expectation. However, in Jerusalem, the wise men were pointed in the right direction by the scriptures. The scriptures pointed to Bethlehem. As they headed for Bethlehem, what did the wise men see? The star reappeared. It says when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Then when the wise men finally found the right location and they entered the house, what did they see? It says they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. So the witness of the wise men is this. This child was born king of the Jews. This child is not only worthy of our worship and of the time and effort to seek him out, he is also worthy of worthy of all that our hearts can give him. Let's pray as we begin our service. 
Father God, we thank you for the blessing of our church family as we're gathered here. We do pray for those who are apart from us. We ask that you'd bless them. But Lord, we pray that you would give us hearts like the wise men, that we would be willing to seek for you, that we would be willing to travel for you. Lord, that we would do difficult things to honor you. Father, help us to turn our hearts toward you and away from the things of the world, to be like the wise men who listened, followed, and found. Let us find you in this new year. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you join us in singing hymn number 166, We Three Kings, number 166. my mask reconstructed here. Christine, do you have any updates? You do. Okay, let me get on over there. Yes, uh, update with Lisa Nye. She is in her, she had her fourth teeth 14th radiation treatment. She needs 30 altogether. That's a very lot of treatments. Uh, doing okay, but very tired. Uh, Kevin Zorin is in remission. He will need maintenance chemo every two weeks the rest of his life, starting in January. But Kevin, oh my, what a man of faith. And all that his body has gone through with this cancer I know I could share that part because I have talked to him personally, not just lately, but I have. And, and we know what it feels with cancer and what, what happens. And you can't explain it to other people. Yeah. But Kevin, oh, what a, what a person. Good. What a man. What a person of faith. And thank the Lord for people like him. Uh, Joshua Heisey, we just found out he had accepted Christ as his Savior when he was six years old and was baptized. Uh, the funeral is tomorrow for him. That's the young boy, the 12-year-old that was, died. Londa Brandt will receive her fourth chemo treatment on Tuesday. Then she will have two more to go. She is allergic to the first medication. They have to stop it and medicate her to continue, praying she will have a good treatment. And that can be very difficult, too. I know how that is with the treatment. But Elwood Fawn Miller received two more units of blood. He is weak, and now they're going to schedule the colonoscopy to be done Tuesday, possibly. Hopefully he, hopefully and prayerfully he can have that done. That had been canceled from what we had on our prayer guide before. And his heart is beating regularly, which is a praise, because he has the AFib. And then I would like to add, uh, just keep praying for our Davy. He's having some pain, not feeling so good today, which he has shared with me. And I said, we're going to pray for you today, Davey, because he said, I hope this isn't coming back, you know, with his kidney problem and whatnot. Yeah. And his uncle, Jay Koble, uh, Jay has Alzheimer, and he's having very serious complications right now. So I want to call Dave, uh, Davey's dad, uh, today sometime and see just what, what all's happening there because they hadn't talked to him right now either. Things are so difficult even contacting people. 
So I just wanted to add on that, but keep your keep them in your prayers. Okay. He lives out in Iowa. 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 Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who else? Anyone else? Karen. You gotta tell us about those cute little granddaughters. Christmas, though. Okay. We're hoping it's not the last one with us, but <laughs> um, a friend of mine, uh, when I worked at the daycare in Middletown, her two little girls um, came there. Her name is Lisa Schaefer. Um, she has COVID. She was at home dealing with it, but before Christmas ended up in the hospital. Um, at one point yesterday, her husband posted, it looked like she was improving, and then probably within an hour, he posted on Facebook that we're moving her to ICU because um, it's she's having a really hard time with her breathing. So keep her in your prayers, please. Her little girls spent Christmas at home and not be able to see mommy. So I don't know who it was worse on, the kids or mommy, but keep her in your prayers, please. Yeah, absolutely. That's tough when little kids are separated from parents, but even tougher during a celebration, a Christmas celebration especially. Anyone else want to share? Karen. I know we're standing here and shortly be celebrating the new year. I don't know about you, but I'm not much for resolutions. I find they are usually empty. But I also think it's also a time where we can stop and meditate on this past year and, and um, think about what we want to make a discipline in the new year. A couple weeks ago, we sang this portion of Christina Rossetti's poem. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him, give him my heart. So I would encourage you this year that you would dedicate yourself to continued prayer for those around you, for our country. You know, in 1 Timothy it says we're supposed to pray for every man and especially for our king. We don't have a king anymore, but we do have all um, leaders in our government. And I would also encourage you, if you have not been reading your Bible regularly, now's a good time to take that up in that whatever way you want to do it. I, I stuck out my reading, some reading programs back there. You're allowed to take as many as you want. Just take pull one sheet out of the paper clips. But you can read on your cell phone. You can read on your tablet. You can read in a Bible. You can listen to it. But I encourage you to be in you know, regular reading the word. If you love that daily bread, read the whole passage, not just the little verse they put in there. So I would just encourage you to take this time to reflect on what you need to do to continue your relationship with the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And there is there is even a, a reading guide in the uh, daily bread, too. Yeah, I use Yeah. Good morning. Um, Number one thing to pray for is, is the man, to pray for him as he uh, takes on a new charge at, uh, at East Fairview Church of the Brethren and that ministry uh, full-time. Um, I know what that feels like, transitioning. And uh, he knows he needs God's help, so let's pray for him in that. Um, Second thing to praise the Lord uh, for uh, this past Thursday evening and all the people that participated and 
Um, it was a joy to my heart just to be here for Christmas Eve. Um, people, you know, sometimes you don't realize the joy it can be even to the minister. And to see to see a bunch of faces uh, that are beyond regular attenders, uh, that was a joy. Um, the last thing this and this is not a this is not a no criticism zero criticism in this. I, I am pointing to some in the congregation that are very very frustrated right now regarding the roof. And we've had multiple leaks over Christmas Eve, multiple leaks uh, in, in, a, in a brand new roof. And that has got to be frustrating. Let's, as a congregation, let's pray our way through this. God, help us with this roof. Yeah, absolutely. And he will. He will. He will. I believe that. Sure. Christine, we're back. Yes, I just, adding to what Pastor Sandy just said, I just wanted to say uh, of Christmas Eve how wonderful it was and how meaningful in the worship and the song. They, we had a skit. We had a children's story. Everyone was sharing. There was such a spirit here. We had Holy Communion, took part of the blood and the, the bread, and it, it was wonderful, yeah. and both pastors shared and their messages. It was a wonderful evening. We were very blessed, and the Lord was present so much. Paul and I left here, and we both said, what a wonderful evening. Yeah. It really was, yeah. it was and thank the Lord for that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Amen. I have a confession to make. Wednesday... I was so busy at work, and I was so frustrated with this, not being able to see, in and out of the freezer, in and out of the refrigerator, glasses steamed up, take them off, wipe them, put them on, and they immediately steam up again. And I hate to say it, but stupid questions from the customers. <laughs> but anyhow, I said to Linda when I got home, I just don't feel like going to Christmas Eve service. I am... I'm tired of it. I'm just going to go hide in a corner someplace. Well, I got to thinking on Thursday, who's telling me I shouldn't go to Christmas Eve service, you know? Who is telling me to stay home and don't go celebrate? So I said, you're going to go. And Christine is right. We had a wonderful time, and I was blessed, and it was, it was great. So if you missed it, Elaine did a good good part in reading, and uh, we, we had a, a good celebration, and it was very meaningful. And uh, Pastor Sandy said about praying for Pastor Ryan as he takes on a new church. Uh, not so much pray for him, but pray for the congregation that they can put up with him. That, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But we will pray for you because we want you to be fulfilling what God wants you to do. So, so we're, we're, we've been blessed to have you here. But in my heart, and I think everybody else knew that 
God had bigger and better plans for you, and this, it's exciting to see you move on and, and take on a full-time position, and we wish you the best, and we will pray for you. So with that, let's, let's pray concerning what has been spoken of here today. Heavenly Father, this congregation really, really, really is concerned about individuals. And as Christine pointed out, so many people are undergoing treatment for cancer and, and various, various other diseases. Lord, help them. Place your hand upon them. You're the God of healing, and we call upon you to heal in whatever way that you see fit. Of course, you know how we feel. We want everybody to be healed of everything, but possibly that's not your plan, and we have to accept that. This COVID disease is, is another thing that we pray about, Lord. Individuals have come down with this disease, and uh, we pray that you will give them strength. Those that are in the hospital need prayer, need your healing touch also. And when families are separated, especially at the time when we celebrate the birth of your son, Father God, it's tough. It's tough. So please heal the parents, reunite them with their families. Families are so important, Lord. And we want them to be happy and in your, your loving arms. Thank you, Lord. Lord, bless those of throughout the world who are celebrating and, and rejoicing at the birth of Jesus Christ. We think especially of those who are oppressed in Nigeria and Brazil and Spain and, and Korea, China. Lord, they need your help also. I pray for increased faith for those individuals. And Lord, not only for them, but here in the United States, we pray that you will Touch people's hearts. Open their eyes. Those that have ears, let them hear. Lord, those who have eyes, let them see. Lord, this is a struggle here within our country. And not only our country, but throughout the entire world. It just seems that evil is great. And we need you more than ever. Lord, you are the Lord of blessings, the God of healing the God of good things, and we celebrate that. We also call upon you, Lord, to touch and heal. Give us faith. Give us strength. Direct us. Have the Holy Spirit lead us. Thank you, Lord. And we pray for our leaders also, Lord. Not only the leaders here in the United States, but leaders throughout the world. Give them wisdom. Let them know that you are the one that's really in charge. And Lord, direct them that they would do what is your will. Thank you, Lord. And finally, Lord, thank you for this congregation. Thank you that they are a loving congregation and a giving congregation. Bless your church and its followers. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. The infant who became our sacrifice cross so many years later. Lord, 
what a blessing that child had become and is to us even to this particular day. Thank you, Lord. And we pray that in his holy name. Amen. Good morning. Everyone had a nice Christmas? Good. Any exciting stories? Huh? No. No, we didn't have any either. It was pretty... Uh, actually, Evelyn's, I think she slept until 8 o'clock. So, yeah, that was, that was wonderful. Luke didn't, though. Luke was... He, he was up pretty early. So, but we told him he had to wait until Evelyn woke up. So, yeah, it was to teach him some patience, right? Yeah. Well, he kept running upstairs. Is baby awake yet? Is baby awake? <laughs> uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the sunshine. And, um, boy, thank you, Lord, for a wonderful time spent with family and brothers and sisters in Christ surrounding uh, the celebration of your coming to this earth to be like us, to die for our sins so that we might have a relationship with God the Father and to receive the gift of eternal life. Lord Jesus, so thank you. I ask that you would bless us this morning with your Holy Spirit, and that we would um, be filled with your presence, your joy, your love, affection for one another, and that we would come together in fellowship. And so, thank you again, Lord, and I ask that you go with us as we leave this place today, as we go out into the world, that you would continue to be with us. Help us to be a shining light of your love. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there, there are two, at least two senses of the meaning, uh, senses, you know, the, the meaning of a word and the word to bless someone. There are at least two senses. And, you know, we often think of that word to bless as receiving a gift, receiving something special. Uh, you know, we can bless someone by washing the dishes or uh, cleaning the toilets or doing the laundry. And Kale is not here. She might not hear, but I do those things at home. I do bless her by doing those things. Um, yeah. And when we think of, well, how can we bless God with a, a material blessing? You know, how, how do we do that? And, and it seems like that's almost really impossible. You know, that there's really nothing we can give to the Lord. I always think that story of the wise men coming, blessing baby Jesus with gifts is interesting. Um, because Paul uses the word to bless in, a, in the book of Ephesians, and he says, blessed is God. And in that sense, what he's saying is that really all we can do is sing his praises, to speak well of him uh, to others. And so um, I can't bless all of you with material blessings. So today, uh, instead of um, preaching about the wise men, I want to bless each of you by speaking well of you and to thank you for the past two years. So I'm just going to start at the top of the list and I'm going to work my way down to the bottom. So Paul and Christine. Christine, thank you for being so gracious and kind to our family. 
When I think of someone who is filled with the joy of the Lord, I think of you. And Paul, thank you for your devotion and commitment to this congregation. I have appreciated your leadership, your wise words, and your faithfulness to the Lord's church. Virgil and Mary, I know they're not here this morning, but you can tell them that I have always enjoyed seeing their smiling and nodding faces each Sunday morning. Virgil, I have always appreciated his strong handshakes at the end of each service. And to Mary Jane, I want to say thank you for your prayers and love. We have been blessed by them. Pat, thank you for your witness of being faithfully committed to your mother. The Lord commands us to be faithful, to honor our parents, and when I think of how best to do this, I think of you and the example that you have provided this congregation, so thank you. Karen and Donna, thank you for your commitment to bring so many prayer requests to this congregation of believers. We are called by God to pray for one another and to bear one another's burdens. And when I think of how best we can do this, I think of the both of you. And so thank you for being a great witness for how we should care and petition God on behalf of others. Mike and Linda, Linda, bless you for putting up with Mike. Linda, I am thankful for your devotion to this congregation of believers. And I know that through your unspoken words, you have been lifting up the members of this congregation in prayer to God. And Mike, thank you for being such a great leader. Your devotion to teach and to lead each Sunday morning worship service is something that makes life a lot easier on Sandy and myself. And that work is not easy, I know. It takes commitment, coordination, a lot of preparation. And when I think of what it means to be faithfully committed to the church of Christ, I think of you. Earl and, the, Earl and Loretta are not here this morning, I know, but I am thankful for both of them. I will remember Earl fondly standing in the back of the church building, always sharply dressed handing out bulletins and greeting the saints as they come to worship. And he always had a smile on his face, and I will not forget that. Doc and Amy, your family is beautiful. And the love that you have for one another radiates from your faces. I have been blessed to know you and to see you singing together as a family around a piano is a picture of what it means to be devoted to one another in love to live in harmony with one another, and to make sweet melodies to the Lord. My family has been blessed by your family. Carl and Lucille, thank you for your faithful witness of devotion in marriage and for your witness of humility. Carl, when I think of you, I think of the proverb that says, even a fool can appear wise if he keeps his mouth shut. Now, I'm not saying that you're a fool but rather that when you speak, only wisdom and gracious words seem to come from your mouth. And thank you for making Luke's birthday special with his new favorite hat. Unfortunately, now he wants an Oliver tractor, but 
I don't have the money to buy one. <laughs> Davey, how would we do it without you? You're here each Sunday morning preparing the soundboard, checking the microphones. The work that you have done is not unnoticed by me. It plays a vital role in the life of this congregation. So thank you for all that you do and for being faithfully committed to the Church of Christ. Ken and Marion, I am humbled by your devotion to Christ and commitment to this congregation. Marion, I have appreciated your prayers. And Ken, I wish that I had the opportunity to know you when you were younger. I have a feeling that you were quite the jokester. One time, several of, us, several of us went to visit Ivy and Mary at the home. And as we were listening to Ivy talk, she got on the subject of money and how her nieces had taken all of her money. I'm sure many of you know that story. And someone said, well, you know, Ivy, money isn't everything. And there was a period of silence, and I was thinking, oh, my goodness, what am I supposed to say? And Ken, who hadn't said anything the entire evening, said, yeah, but it sure makes things easier. <laughs> uh, it was the right comment at the right time because it lightened the mood. So thank you, Ken. John and Claudia. When I think of you, I think of persons who want to see the kingdom of Christ come I'm thankful for your commitment to Christ and for helping me to understand more of God's word and for giving me confidence to preach what the Lord wants me to preach, to trust what he is saying through his Holy Spirit. So thank you. Brother Mel, is there a finer guy in this world? Mel, you are quite literally one of the finest men I have had the pleasure of knowing. And I have to ask you the question, are you ever upset? I'm thankful for your witness of what it means to have joy in the Lord. Joy is the word that I think of when I picture you, Mel. You have the joy of the Lord in your heart. And because of that, being around you makes others joyful. So thank you. Goldie, your name is true to your character, Golden. And you also live in Mannheim, so that's a good thing too. <laughs> Goldie, I have been blessed to know you and thank you for your prayers. And I will not forget your graciousness towards me and our family and for always being encouraging. You are a faithful witness for Christ, so thank you. Bill. Bill's not here this morning, but I wanted to thank him for his dedication to his mother and to this congregation. And I have appreciated his leadership and his quiet demeanor, and he reminds me of the proverb that says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise person quietly holds it back. I always thought that, Paul, or excuse me, that Bill was a witness of power under restraint, a mark of self-control. And I also wanted to thank him for beating me in golf, so you can tell him that I said that. <laughs> Joel and Nancy, Nancy, I hope you can hear me. Joel, you and Nancy are the definition of deacons. Above reproach, not arrogant or quick-tempered, not violent or greedy for gain, 
hospitable, lovers of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. You've been gracious to our family, and we thank you for that. Your love for one another, this church, and for Christ is palpable. And Joel, thank you for also kicking my butt in golf. Stanley and Eleanor, thank you for sharing your home with me in the midst of tragedy. It was an honor and a privilege to be with you and your family as you grieved. And I am thankful for your commitment to this congregation and your commitment to your family. And it's a picture of how we are all called to live in this world, so thank you. Walter, I know you're not here with us this morning, but I know that you are doing just fine. I don't know if you're waiting in line for one of the organs in the presence of the Lord or if you are the reason others are waiting in line for one of the organs in the presence of the Lord. Walter, I was blessed by your commitment to faithfully serve this congregation and bless us with such wonderful music. And I look forward to hearing you play again someday with all the saints. Gary and Shirley, my family has been blessed from your garden. Your willingness to share what you have been blessed with is what we are called to do. So thank you for that example. And surely your biblical knowledge is still undefeated in this congregation, so thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that gift with this congregation. And Gary, you never rung me up on strikes, so I guess that's a good thing. I will remember you, Gary, as one who is filled with the joy of the Lord. You always seem to have a smile on your face, and it is very comforting to see each morning. David, you are a blessing to everyone in this congregation. Your commitment to God's word has been a great witness for me in my own life, and I especially appreciate your willingness to share the brokenness in your life with me and to receive the healing and transformative power that is in Christ Jesus, and then to share with me what God has done for you. We need more men to do that, to share the brokenness in their lives with other men. It helps us. And I picture you driving over the highways with a truckload titled, The Good News of Salvation in Christ Jesus. Thank you for your witness and for your commitment to this congregation. Elaine, if there is anyone who I can count on to give me helpful comments on my sermons, it is you. I have been blessed by what you have shared with me each Sunday morning, and in more ways than you know, your comments have shaped my sermons. I am grateful for your commitment to this congregation each Sunday morning. Doug and Tina, you also have shaped my sermons each Sunday morning. The gospel message of Jesus Christ is that even though our earthly bodies will die, yet shall we live. And this is the hope that we have for ourselves and for our family members. I know that this truth is firmly rooted in both of your hearts because it shines through your eyes on Sunday mornings. And Tina, thank you for blessing so many with your prayer shawls. And Doug, thank you for some of the best vanilla ice cream that I have ever had. I'm not a vanilla ice cream fan, but I did quite enjoy the ice cream that you made. Joyce, thank you. When I think of you, I think of Eunice and Lois, the women in the lives of Timothy that Paul spoke of. 
These women were filled with the Spirit of the Lord, praying for the saints day and night. And so I want to say thank you for your prayers and for bringing joy to this congregation. And last, but certainly not least, Sandy and Karen. Karen, thank you for serving my family by teaching Luke and Evelyn in Sunday school. And thank you also for your concern about the education of children. It is vitally important that we teach children to know the Lord. And when I think of this, I think of you and your love for Jesus to see that this happens. And Sandy, you have been a blessing to me. I have learned much from you, mostly what not to do. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Sandy, you have taken me under your wings and shared your knowledge with me. And for that, I am forever grateful. You have faithfully delivered the word of the Lord to the next generation and in that way help to perpetuate the church of Christ on this earth. It has been an honor and a privilege to be a partner in the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. And it has been an honor and a privilege to be a partner in the gospel of Christ with all of you. So thank you very much. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, all glory goes to you, for you are the reason that we are here this morning. Strangers, we didn't know one another, but you bring us together to be brothers and sisters in Christ, in you, Lord. You have given us new life, new relationships, new families, and we praise you for that, for nothing on this earth can ever take those things away from us. We will be celebrating forever with you in your glorious and coming kingdom. And so I want to praise you this morning and bless you, Lord Jesus, and thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us. I ask for a special blessing over this congregation. This congregation has existed long before any of us became a part of it. And Lord, I know that you will sustain this congregation and that you will carry it forward. So we pray this this morning, Lord Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. I don't know what